Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. Welcome back to our series on decoding Joseph. This is episode 28, and we are exploring the unique insights we can decode on how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership 
through the life and story of Joseph. This has been our character, our main character that we are decoding. And there are about 11 key life principles to decode from this story of Joseph. It's in the book of Genesis from Genesis chapter 37 all the way to Genesis chapter 50. And we are decoding principle category number three, which is this, which has been our golden phrase, favor and love with both God and man. And we've spent a couple of episodes debunking the whole concept of luck. Again, as I like to use our golden scripture for that phrase is in the book, you know, some people think that there's a force known as good luck and another one that is bad luck. But however, uh, this misconception is that sometimes, you know, good luck can visit you. And for whatever reason, whether you want it or not, it can leave you alone. And it's cousin or sister or brother. I don't even know how to, to call this other one. But the opposite, which is bad luck, can also visit you for whatever reason. So today you can be lucky and something good happens. And for whatever reason, this entity, this force called good luck will decide to leave you. Whether you've caused it to depart or not, we don't know. And then on other days, you can be visited by a force called bad luck. So... Uh, we debunked that based on this foundation of scripture from the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verses 34 to 35, that says, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respect of persons, but in every nation, he that fears him and walks righteousness is accepted with him. So, for there is no, and, and Romans chapter 2, verses 11, added uh, more more uh added more confirmation to this whole aspect of no there's nothing like good luck or bad luck but we'll get into we've touched a little bit on it but basically romans chapter 2 verse 11 says there is no respect of persons with god for god does not show favoritism and we say uh from proverbs chapter 21 verses 1 that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and as the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will. In other words, in the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that the Lord channels toward all that please him. So we say that even when Jesus, the son of God, was operating as son of man in this earthly dimension, he too needed this special hand of God to rest upon him, the golden phrase of favor and love with both God and man. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 40 and verse 52, it tells us that, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of God was upon him. And Jesus, verse 52, increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding, and in the stature and years, and in favor with God and man. So that pretty much has been the foundation of us debanking this whole concept of good luck versus bad luck and saying, listen, your emphasis, your focus as a human being should be to move under what we call the grace of God, but specifically move into this grace that is called favor and love with God and man, because this will be like the oil, the lubricant of your life. When a man or a woman walks in favor and love with both God and man, 
things start to happen in their life. Sometimes we call them effortless victories. Not that you do not put in any effort, but the point is that you're not sweating as everybody. You're not having to pay full price. You're not having to knock on a hundred doors just to get one deal. You're not having to knock on a thousand doors just to get 10 deals. No, because it says, and again, I'm just going to segue into some of the things we spoke about in our last episode. In, in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal or is perfect towards him. So the scripture is talking about that instead of you focusing on who you can please, people pleasing has become a cancer of our culture. People think that if you don't please people, if you don't bow down to them, if you don't lose your dignity, if you don't lose your morality, if you don't lose your respect, if you don't, you know, if you don't sell your body, if you don't dress uh, sensually, that you can't move up the ladder. Right. But that's also not true because in Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter 11 talks about, um, promotion is from the Lord. No, this is in, sorry, this is, this is in Psalm chapter 75 verses six to seven. And this is what it says. It says that for promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But it comes from the Lord. It's the Lord who lifts up one and he puts down another. So just so you know that your essence, your focus should not be on losing your mor morality, having to give up your morality just so that you can go up the ladder, you know, um, so that you can uh, go up the ranks. No, because promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. Wow. I, I just love this. Uh, let me just find this in another translation, the same scripture. It's very powerful, I think. It says, it says, for in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup and the wine is red. It is fully mixed and he pours it out. Now, wow. So the whole point here, what we're trying, what, what, what I'm trying to present to you is that there is a way for you not to be like everybody else, not to dress, not to dress, um, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? In a way, not, not, you know, if, if you're a lady, not, not to dress in a way that is trying to draw attention to your body um in, in you know what i'm talking about the phrase that i want to use is not coming to me right now 
And you don't have to lose your morality because right now the moral campus of the world is not really where it needs to be. Every opinion goes right now. Every opinion is being considered as truth. So right now, if you are against something that is fundamentally or morally wrong, uh, you could be canceled. So a lot of people, because of cancel culture, um, they would rather you know suck up to everybody and even say things that they would not normally say behind closed doors. In essence, if if behind closed doors you don't really believe it, but then once you come in front of the camera, you now make something that is contrary to what your heart actually believes. That's what we call a hypocrite. So there are a lot of hypocrites right now, people who have sold their souls. The, the, there's a Jesus who's talking and he said, for what shall he profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his soul? So there's a dimension where you don't have to lose your soul. And it's called walking in the walking in favor and love with both God and man. This can activate these effortless victories happening in your life. This should be your focus, not trying to um, be like everybody else. Paul tells us we are in the world, but we're not. He says, be ye, this is in Romans chapter 12, says, be not conformed. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, And I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It says, and, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there is a will of God that exists. It's perfect. It's perfect. And how we walk in that dimension is not being transformed I mean, it's being transformed and not being conformed to the world, meaning everybody does it like this, so I'm going to do it like that. No. So in the last ex uh, in the last episode, I think we kind of went into a t we went on this tangent, which is how then can you activate favor and love with God and man? Because somehow the Holy Spirit led us to go down that path. Meanwhile, I'd love to just quickly recap some of those principles and concepts, and then we can embark on the journey that we were looking at. We're looking at our main character, Joseph, and we were finding the snippets of where this golden phrase, favor and love, God gave him favor and love with God and man, um, show up and manifest in his life. And one of the other concepts that I, that I shared was that once you activate favor and love with God, then... He's the one that will activate favor and love with man. And we saw how that played out in the life of Joseph. Because of that golden scripture of Proverbs 21, verse 1, that says, The heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he channels it towards all who please him. Meaning God has access to the highest ranking authorities in the land. 
God has access to every person and any person that you could ever want to get a deal from. So your role should be pleasing God and not pleasing men. Once you please God, God will give you good rapport with men. Don't please men because if you start pleasing men, um, you will have, by your words you're justified, by your words you're condemned. But the, Jesus also say, says, he, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Meaning, if you start off your journey of maybe your business, your career, whatever it is that you're trying to pursue in your life, and the, the lever that you've set in motion is pleasing men, you are going to have to please men to sustain that, um, that establishment. Now, which reminds me, in this book of in the book of Psalm Psalm one twenty two, we see this concept beautifully. No, Psalm one twenty seven, beautifully presented to us. This is Psalm one twenty seven. It says, "Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman work, you know stays awake." But in vain. It says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sweet sleep. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman worketh, but in vain. Now, that concept right there, as you can see, it's, it's basically telling you, listen, if you start out, if you get into the door by pleasing men, right? Dressing seductively, you know, um, and it can happen. I'm not just saying girls only or women, but men can also dress seductively. Men, uh, if you come in and you're coming in with innuendo jokes and, and, and you're flirting with your boss, Best believe you're going to flirt with her all the way through. Otherwise, the day that you don't, man, you will not receive your promotion. If you came in and let's say you were mad and you're allowing your boss to feel to feel on you, to touch you inappropriately. You know, this just doesn't happen for women. Most of the times when we talk about sensuality and, and seduction, we it's almost like we only talk about women. But men do this. Men do this. And you'll see our character Joseph had an opportunity to sleep, to have sexual relations with his master's wife, but he turned that down. How many men would do that? How many men? I, 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 I know a lot of men would do that, but I'm telling you, uh, that's a pressure moment, especially because it was either you sleep with him, you sleep with her, in the case of Joseph, and... You continue to rise up rank or if you don't sleep with her man she's gonna get you fired a lot of people would compromise and say you know what i'll sleep with her but the point is you will have to maintain sleeping with your boss's wife you'll have to maintain that act of iniquity of sin of transgression in order to sustain uh your promotion so uh, if you're listening to this, I, 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 I want to speak both to, to men and women, that this goes both ways. So I don't want, you know, the girls listening and saying, what about men? Men do these things as well. Men, there's a way in which 
they can uh, act seductively and 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 you know kind of like you know incite uh, their women uh, their their man their colleagues who are women. So this is not just women inciting men, but men also inciting women. Anyway, so what the point being, as the scripture is saying, unless the Lord builds a house, you live by in vain. This is this whole concept. If you start out your career and you're the only one who's built it, you're going to have to sustain it. But if you submit your will to the Father, to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you submit your, your will um, to God, he knows what people to bring into your life. It says, he that has the key of David, he that opens doors that no man can shut, he that shuts doors that no man can open. So if you have access to the heart of God, if you're able to win favor and love with God, that's all you need. Because once you have favor and love with God, he's the one that will give you favor and love with men. By men, I mean men and women. So we are going to see how this plays out in, in, in our main character's life. Now, one of, just to quickly touch on some of the things we shared in the last episode, that some of the things that you can start to do to activate favor and love with God and man, this principle, is your heart posture. There's a scripture here we saw, it's called, it was a parable of the Good Samaritan. And basically the central theme, the key thing to take away from last from the last episode was that a lot of people are seeking favor and love with other people, but they're not showing favor and love to the people behind them. A lot of people um, are trying to knock on a thousand doors or maybe are trying to open 10 doors or 100 or whatever, but you yourself have not gone out on the extra limb, have not gone out on the limb, have not gone out on a limb to open doors for people behind you. And that stops this principle from working. You're supposed to look at yourself as a steward. And I say, maybe the reason you are knocking on door number 100 and no one has yet opened for you is because you have not opened a single door for anyone behind you. So the more doors you're knocking on sometimes, it could be that you're not opening any doors. How can we, how can we verify this? This is a scripture from the book of Luke. The book of Luke. Chapter 6 says, Luke 6, 37. I'll start from here. Wow. This is, this is very good. Wow. Anyways, this is, I'm just going to read the scripture. And then there's some really interesting things in the neighborhood because perhaps it looks like the Holy Spirit wants us to stay here again. I'm just discerning that. Perhaps you're trying to figure out, I'm trying to activate this hand of favor and love 
with God and this principle of favor and love with both God and man. And, you know, many a times what you may not understand, the thing that you have to understand, first of all, is that once you've activated favor and love with God, he gives you favor and love with man. Now, and we're saying, I'm talking about perhaps you're trying to knock on a hundred doors and the point, and the reason you could be knocking on door number 100 is because you haven't opened a single door for anyone behind you. You're just looking to receive, but you're not giving. The scripture says it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And here's a principle that we see here. It says in Luke chapter 6, 37, I'll start from there, and then we'll kind of have to read back around. It says, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, this is the emphasis that I wanted to talk about. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure you meet, it will be measured back to you. Now, here in the translation that I'm reading from, it says, given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put in your bosom. However, in another translation, it actually says, men will give unto your bosom. Let me find that. It says, men will give unto your bosom. So, you want to start receiving, you need to activate giving. That's how you activate favor and love with the next person, is give to the person behind you. It says, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. There you go. And, you know, it's actually very interesting. So what we shall do, we'll quickly read around. Jesus was teaching about blessings and curses. Again, you want to talk about good luck and bad luck? Let's, let's, venture, let's venture around this territory. Um, and that's from Luke, Luke chapter six, verses 20. We'll start from there. Um, let's actually start from verse 27. Jesus talks about loving your enemies. Okay. It's a very interesting concept. He says, but I say unto you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you and from him who takes away your goods do not ask them back and just as you want men to do to you you also 
do to them likewise. So this is the principle. This is Luke chapter 6, verses 31 says, And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Then he goes, he, he, he just goes in. He says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. He says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Wow. He's saying there's no credit if you are only doing things for people you know, if you're only doing things for people that love you. So this principle, activating this whole principle of favor and love with man is, it's simple. If you have only been nice to people within your family boundary, within your friend circle, and those are the only people you give to, based on this principle that give and shall be given unto you, those are the only people you should expect to receive goodness from. He's saying here that, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. So most people are only good to their friends, to their family members. You know, if you're at the gym, maybe only good to two people there. Most people, the, the, the problem with our society is that people are only good to those people that they, that they know. And that's the problem why the gospel of Christ cannot really be shed abroad. Because even as Christians, we are to be good to people who are non-Christians. You know, the Lord is challenging me on that. You are to be good to people who may not argue with your beliefs. It is through doing that, showing them the love of God, that the love of God does not show favoritism. Yes, I may not argue with your lifestyle choices, but I'm still going to love you. I'm still, yes, I might speak that I will speak the truth to you in love, but I'm not going to look down on you as a second class citizen. So, to fully walk in the manifestation of this principle of favor and love with God and man, you need to understand that you can not only be, <clears throat> excuse me, good and generous just to the people in your friend's circle. Some people, you, are, you, you know, some people are good to people that they're familiar with. But if you're at the grocery store, man, you mistreat the cashier. If, if you if you if you're in the parking lot, if you if you're in the if you're in the 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 drive-through, you're not nice to that person, you're not being kind to them. Uh, basically, Jesus here is trying to teach us that your character should be spread abroad. You should not have favoritism. You should not. Because if you're looking for people who don't know you to open doors for you, to give you opportunities, 
you need to have invested as well in people that you do not know. It works both ways. So some people think that by having two friends and being nice to all of those people and being mean to everybody, that now you expect to go out there and the universe, as some people like to say, and the universe is going to open up for you. No, it does not work like that. These are universal principles that God set in motion. And these work whether you're a Christian or not, whether you believe in God, because God has already set some of these give and receive principles as universal law. But he's telling us that the only way you can get credit is if you do it to someone you're not supposed to do it to. Because it says, and he says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? There's no credit. That's a mystery. He says, there's no credit in your account of favor and love if you've only done it to your wife, your kids, maybe the people you work with and stop there. What about strangers? What about, like I said last time, uh, if you're in a coffee shop, what about someone that you've never met? You know, it might be easy for you to buy coffee for your colleague and take two coffees to work with you. But what about someone that you've never met? Someone whose name you don't know. And you're not doing it so that they can do, so that they can repay you. No, you're just passing around this spirit of, of grace and kindness. That's what the scripture is telling us here. So perhaps the reason as to why you're not walking in favor and love with other men and women that you've never met, the reason you're probably knocking people who have never met you and still not opening doors to you is because you've not opened any doors You've not been kind. You've not shown mercy. You've not shown grace. You've not forgiven people that you do not know. The scripture here is saying, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? He's saying there's no credit. He says, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Now, this is an investment principle. If you want your account of favor and love, of opportunity, of these blessings, the things we're talking about, effortless victories to abound. The way you start credit with favor and love with, with, with man is you have to start doing for things for people that don't love you, people that you don't know. Since if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. Says, and if you lend to those who, if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. So, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High God. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful. Then he goes on and says, Judge and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. You see how this is working? Judge not and you shall not be judged. So basically, we can, we can apply this to us right now. Say, show favor and love to someone else. And now remember, we're saying not to someone that you already know. Show favor and love to a stranger. Then strangers will also show favor and love to you. It says, forgive and you shall be forgiven. 
give and it will be given back to you. As you can see, the, 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 the precedence here is you take the first action, then that same action is activated and comes back around. This is what people call karma. But it's a it's a universal principles that God has already set in motion for us. It says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, press down, chicken together, and running over. Will men give unto your bosom? So, and it goes on to say, and why do you, I, I like this in verse 40, we always, we, we, a lot, we, you, uh, this is a favorite scripture of a lot of people. Well, it, a lot of people know this. Luke 6, uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 41 says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. And he is also saying that most times when you're looking at, you know, if you want to condemn people, is that most times it's going to be very easy for you to say, that person is in wrong. You're gonna, it's going to be very easy for you to look at what other people have done as way bigger than actually, for instance, if you get in an argument with someone, it's rare that you will think that you have most of the blame to take. So meanwhile, it will be telling the other person, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. And you will be pointing to them as they are, they should take majority of the blame. Meanwhile, you do not know that it's actually you. See, you see, these are principles that are contrary to what the world will tell you, right? So, because the world will not tell you, it's kind of like the, the, the ways of God are contrary to the ways of man because God, the scripture says his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Evidently, it is not our default setting as human beings to do things the way I just read from these passages of scripture. It's not. But as you can see, this is what actually God expects from us. So you, you want to activate this principle of favor and love? I'm showing you. This is how you store up credit. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? So now you know there's no credit for you. If you're only doing things to people that love you, if you're only doing things to, uh, if you're only doing good to those who do good to you, that's a zero sum game. The real credit is when you do it for people who don't love you, people you do not know, people who are not doing good to you. If you it says if you're only lending to those whom you know for a fact that they will pay you back, there's no credit to you. says, even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. says, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. So once you activate these principles of conduct and character, he says, your reward will be great, because then God, 
who has access to every man. God will go ahead of you and activate the same graces that you've shown to other people. He'll show it to you. Why, why, why is it this way? Because you know what? Because God sees and knows everything. So God knows that maybe last week you showed favor and love to someone. Okay. So God has a record of that account, that act that you did. So when you show up two weeks later on and now you knock on the door and someone just opens it for you, the reason that is happening is because God, who saw that act happening back there, you stored up credit. Now, he will see to it that your credit is now put in motion when you now show up two weeks after that. So because what force, what incentive will cause someone to open a door to you? Like this person does not know that you open a door for someone two weeks ago. But someone knows, and that person is God. God keeps record. God knows everything that is happening under the heaven. He knows every thought in everyone's mind. He keeps a record. There are what we call um, angels. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's certain type of angels, record-keeping angels. Their job is to write down whatever is happening. So... When, when he says, what credit is that to you? It means that act of doing good to someone you do not know, someone you've never met, it means it was stored up somewhere. So God knows. So that's why I said, once you walk into, and once you do, by doing this act, by being good to people who are not good to you, giving to people that perhaps will not pay you back, um, loving your enemies, these are the things that activate favor and love with God. Because it says, once you do these things, let's just go back there. It says, once you do these things, I just want to make sure. If you do these things, it says, it says but love your enemies, do good, land, hoping for nothing in return, and, and your reward will be great. So now you start up your credit. It says, and you will be sons of the Most High says now that you've done these things what what that what what really has happened is that you have become in the person of God you've now walked into favor and love with God and then now when it's your chance to receive he will activate the same attitude you showed to other the people behind you to the people now ahead of you so that's how it all comes together is that as you do these things, don't worry that someone else might not know. And you don't have to go around telling everybody, oh, I bought a person yesterday in the lineup behind me coffee. No, 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 no. It says, wow, we have a lot of scripture coming to us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Many a times when you're doing acts of kindness, try to keep them private. Because you don't want to blow your own horn. Let God blow your own horn. In Matthew chapter 6, 
um, versus we're shown. I'll just read Matthew chapter six, verses one to eight, and I think we will round up here. It says, "Do good to please God." That's the subtitle of this chapter. It says, do good to please God. Once you please God, God will take care of you on the other side. It says, do good to please God. Everything you do should be to activate favor and love with God. That should be the only thing that you do. And then he will take care of you when it comes to opening doors for you and bringing people into your life to elevate you and promote you. Let's see this in motion. Matthew chapter 6 says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Again, this whole concept is that the credit is stored up by your Father in heaven. There is a record keeper that is seeing. God is watching everything you're doing. So, it says, Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. Then he says, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your charitable deed may be in secret. You see this? Let your, charitable, let your charitable deed be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So just because you bought coffees for, for someone or bought meal, lunch, you paid someone's gas, you showed up at the pump and said, hey man, I'll take care of you on this one. You pay for someone's groceries and you are basically not telling everyone around the town. You're not telling your wife, you're not telling your husband, you're not telling your boyfriend, you're not telling your girlfriend, you're not telling your best friend. Just because you're doing these things and you're not publicizing them, the scripture is trying to say it does not mean they're going unnoticed. You're stirring up credit in your heavenly account and says your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Then he taught them how to pray and said, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So, again, there he was talking about prayer, but now... The whole concept that I wanted you to catch is that once you do things in secret, as long as you're pleasing God, God will reward you openly. God will reward you openly. So once again, talking about how to activate the hand of favor and love with God and man. Remember, Jesus said, but I say unto you who hear. This is from the Gospel of Luke once again.
chapter 27 to verse, no, Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 36. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you in one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your clock, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? This is the emphasis. How do you store up this credit? It says, if you love those who love you, there's no credit. But if you love those who don't love you, then you, you have credit. For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. In closing, he says, But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And when, it says, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men give into your bosom. For, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Wow. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you have, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. There you go. I hope this will further incentivize you. If you're wondering how can you start act activating goodness in your own life, if perhaps you, you, you've been finding that you have to knock on every door, you have to fight for everything, perhaps it's because you're not the things that you're seeking men to do for you, you are not laboring to do for other people. Maybe that's why. I'll just leave you with that food for thought. Seller. This was episode 28 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership Through the Life and Story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. We continued our exploration of principle category number three, which is favor and love with God and man. We discover that one of the ways to activate the hand of God's favor and love in your life 
is from the Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 42. In this passage of scriptures, Jesus was teaching, was teaching us contrary to popular belief. And here are some of the things that Jesus said. But I say unto you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your clock, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you and from him who, who takes away your, your goods. Do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do good to you, you also do to them likewise. This is where that principle, our golden phrase, favor and love with both God and man, can be activated. He says, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. And he further expounds on how to activate this hand of favor and love with other people in our lives. Jesus continued speaking. He says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? It says, but for even sinners lend to, their, to sinners who are to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. And Jesus kept on also teaching and expounding on this principle on how to reciprocate uh, from other people by investing or sowing the same that you want them to do to you by sowing or doing likewise into other people's lives. But evidently, we can see that what Jesus was teaching us here is that we should be doing it to people, to outsiders. You see, many people today only love and do good to those in their family. And then they, when they leave the, the, the boundaries of their family, they expect to receive the same from other people. However, if you did not sow in any stranger's life, how should you expect other strangers to sow back into your own life? This is what Jesus was teaching us. And he kept teaching and saying, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, again, presents our golden scripture, our golden phrase, by showing us how it works. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will man give into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Wow. He also spoke about judgment and said, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? So, our takeaway should be that your focus should be on doing things that please God, to activate favor and love, to activate or to credit your favor and love account. Because God who sees in secret will reward you openly. The only assurance is since God looks at the heart of man and not on outward appearance, 
if you have the right hand posture, God who is the lifter of men and women out of the dust and dunghill can also lift you up and seat you with princes. You see, the deck that is stacked against you will not stand when the grace of favor and love with God and man comes upon your life. In the next episode, we shall continue unpacking this principle of favor and love with both God and man. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Back the pain I'm so ready